Reader's Digest presents Hollywood 360 with your host, Carl Amari. I can see you right now in the kitchen bending over a hot stove, but I can't see the stove. Who knows what evil lurks in the hearts of men? The shadow knows. <laughs> Would you mind telling me whose brain I did put in? And you won't be angry. I will not be angry. Abby someone. Abby someone. Abby who? Abby normal. What do you do, Carl? Carl is a inventor slash entrepreneur. Yeah, I'm still looking for that home run, you know? I mean, when I saw the iPod first time, I was like, you know, I gotta kick myself. That was so hard on him. What's your name? Carl's my name. Atomic batteries to power. Turbines to speed. Roger. Ready to move out. Hello, everyone. I'm Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents all things entertainment, including trivia contests, classic radio shows, movie reviews, celebrity interviews, and showbiz news. This hour on Hollywood 360, I'll present a classic radio detective drama on the FBI in peace and war. But first, here's a quarter-hour episode of Challenge of the Yukon. This is a New Year's Eve show from December 29th, 1945. The Challenge of the Yukon. Big plans were afoot for the New Year's Eve celebration in 40 Mile. The afternoon of the party, Pierre Duval and Bill Cross were telling Sergeant Preston about it in Pierre's trading post. <laughs> there will be three fiddle and guitars to play for dancing and lobby of hotel is decorate. And there's going to be plenty of liquid refreshments. It's going to be a winging. You'll be there, won't you, Preston? Well, I certainly shall. I came over from Dawson for New Year's Eve in 40 miles. Oh, it will be fine party. <laughs> if I could only go. Where ain't you going, Pierre? Oh, I don't like for leave store. Miners have come for New Year's celebration. Leave gold in my safe. Someone must guard it. Seems too bad you should miss that party, Pierre. Uh, uh, Sergeant, what you do with King tonight? You take him with you to hotel? A New Year's Eve party is no place for a big husky. I'm going to leave him in my room. Uh, maybe, maybe if you would leave him here in store, then I could go to party. Why, why certainly, Pierre. I'd be glad to leave him here. I'll guard the place for you, won't you, boy? <laughs> oh, thank you, Sergeant. C'est bien. Now I can celebrate, too. I'll bring him over before the party starts. Uh, you going my way, Bill? Oh, yeah. See you later, Pierre. Goodbye, Sergeant, and thank you again. Come on, King. It's getting colder, ain't it? Bill's wagon. Hello, Sergeant Preston. Well, hello there, Bobby. Look what the Chinaman gave me to celebrate New Year's with, Sergeant. Mmm, firecrackers. Wait, I'll set one off for you. They make an awful noise. Watch. Look out now. Oh, noise. Oh, come on back, King. Won't hurt you. Oh, gee, Sergeant. I didn't mean to scare him. I didn't think that dog was afraid of anything, Preston. Well, I've never seen a dog yet that wasn't afraid of firecrackers. King will jump right out a gun, but firecrackers are a different story. It's all right, fella. Come Gee, on. I hope he knows I didn't mean it. He doesn't want to come near me. We can smell the firecrackers on you. Have a good time, Bobby. Happy New Year. Goodbye. Happy New Year. Come on, King. Oh, uh, Preston. Yes? I just thought of something I forgot to get from Pierre. I'll have to go back. All right. See you later, Bill. Uh, Bobby... Where'd you say you got them firecrackers? From the Chinese laundry man. That's the way they celebrate Chinese New Year's. You uh, wouldn't want to sell some of them, would you? Well, didn't give me very many. Well, I just want about six or seven. 
Give you a dollar apiece for him. A dollar apiece? Gee, sure, I'll sell him for that. And uh, I'd rather you didn't tell nobody about it. <laughs> you see, I want to play a joke on someone. I won't tell a soul, Bill. Here you are. Bill Cross went directly to his cabin at the edge of town. The door was locked, and he knocked softly. It's me, Bill. Hey, George, let me in. Oh, I was scared for a minute. Didn't expect you back so soon. Anybody try to get in while I was gone? No. I'm getting out of here soon. It ain't safe. No hurry. Nobody will come out here today. They're all busy planning to celebrate New Year's. Some of us started already. I'm postponing my celebrating until I'm across the border. Did you did you get them supplies for me? Yeah. Here they are. That little bundle? George, you're going to be carrying more than supplies across the border. So I didn't buy too many. What are you talking about? I got a perfect setup for you. You'll be lugging so much gold dust with you that you won't be carrying much else. You mean a job? One that's right down your alley. Cracking the safe. Bill, are you crazy? You forget I just busted out of jail. If they catch me this time... They won't catch you. Nobody even knows you're in town. The place is full of people. This ain't no time to... That's where you're wrong. It's a perfect time. Everybody will be celebrating at the party over at the hotel. There'll be so much shooting and yelling that anything we do will be covered. With everybody sleeping late tomorrow, you'll have time to get to the border before they find out what happened. And what are you doing in this job? I'll sneak away from the party at midnight. Help you with it. Get back before they miss me. Then I'll hang around here for a few days. So they won't suspect me. I'll meet you in Eagle City the last of the week. Uh, where is all this money? It's in Pierre Duval's trading post safe. <laughs> that old hunk of iron? I can get in that easy as a paper bag. I know you can. And nothing's going to be guarded except a dog. A dog? What, what, what kind of a dog? <laughs> well, it's Sergeant Preston's lead dog. Sergeant Preston? He in town? Listen, I'm getting out now fast. Now, George, don't get panicky. He's probably after me now. He must know that I escaped. No, he isn't. He comes here every year for New Year's Eve. He'd have said something about it, wouldn't he? Anyway, I don't want no part of that dog of his. Look at this arm. See them scars? That's what happened the last time he and that dog met up. He's worse than two men guarding that safe. I got that all figured out. Yeah. You're going to shoot him? No. Then count me out. I'm going to use him to give you more time for your getaway. Now I know you're crazy. Uh, what are you going to do, bribe him? There's only one thing that dog's afraid of. Firecrackers. What? I'll use firecrackers to get him in the back room and shut him up. You get the money, fix his safe so they won't know it's been tampered with, then we let the dog out of the back room and run. I'll say we'd have to run. He'd chew us to pieces before we was halfway to the door. Not with a couple of firecrackers busting in his face. I'll tend to that. You can get out first. The dog is there. Nothing looks disturbed. They'll think the place was robbed after Preston took him home with him. And I'll have an airtight alibi from that time on. It was nearing midnight. George, waiting in the shadows beside the trading post, could hear the celebration at the party two blocks away. Then he saw Bill's figure approaching. George! George, you there? Yeah, yeah I'm here. You gotta hurry while they're shooting and yelling. I ain't going in there till you got that dog locked up. Did you get the door unlocked? Yeah. That mud almost tore down trying to get at me. I'll take care of him. Wait till I light this candle. I can use it for the firecrackers and the sea with it. All right, George. Open that door a crack. Get back there, you mutt. 
Now, that got him away from the door. We'll go in. No, I, I ain't coming with you. Well, wait out here, then. Get back, there, you. Get back, I say. Back. Back in that other room with you. That's where I want you. Get back in there. There. Can't get at us now. Come on in, George. It's safe. You shut the back room. Here. You're sure he can't get out? Yeah, hurry, you fool. He's still making noise. Yeah. Yelling and shooting. We've got to hurry. Listen to that cur. Why would he like to get at us? Out goes the old years. In comes the new. <laughs> and maybe we leave party too soon, Sergeant. It was two o'clock, Pierre, and I wanted to leave while you were still on your feet. Uh, nobody's never carried Pierre home. <laughs> well, it's the first time for everything. Well, here we are. I'll get King. I guess everything's all right. Happy New Year, King. You guard my store well, huh? All right, boy. Taking you home. Uh, good night, Sergeant. Happy New Year. Same to you, Pierre. Good night. Come, boy. I guess we shouldn't have planned to stay here in the hotel tonight. That party will last till morning. What's the matter, boy? You've acted funny ever since we got here. Trying to tell me something? Come here, fella. You know, sometimes I wish you could talk it, but what? Well, you're burned. All the hair on your shoulder. So that's what's wrong. You must have rubbed against Pierre's stove or something. Well, that's too bad, fella. Skin isn't burned much. It'll be all right tomorrow. Now, you lie down. We better try and get some sleep. Morning, Jim. Hello, Sergeant. Well, you don't look too happy this morning. Guess I was a little too happy last night. You going this way? Yes, I have to get some things to the trading post if Pierre's awake. He better be, or I'll have to wake him. Have to get the money from my furs and head back home. <laughs> There's Bill Cross. He don't look too chipper either. Well, what's he doing in town at this hour? He stayed with Ned last night. Oh. Said he didn't think he could make his cabin. Hi there, Bill. Hello. Hello, Bill. How do you two feel? Oh. Oh. Get away from him, Sergeant. Take him Bring up. back. Get away from him. What's wrong with you? Hey. What'd he do that for? Well, I can't imagine. He's never even growled at Bill before. I'm sorry, Bill. Crazy mutt. What's wrong with him? Hold him. Why, he tore your pocket off. Here's the stuff that fell out. <laughs> Firecrackers. Where'd you get them? I, I was shooting them off last night. I guess I missed a few. You aren't hurt, are you, Bill? Oh, no. I'm all right. I'll see you later. was funny. King's never jumped anyone before without a reason. Uh, here we are. Let's see if Pierre is up yet. Oh, Sergeant, so glad I am to see you. I have been robbed. Robbed? When? Robbed? This morning, I go to open safe. The door fell off. Everything, all gold is gone. Did you hear anything after you went to bed? No, but that must be when it happened, while I sleep. King, he was here till I come home last night. What's this on the floor? Part of a firecracker. There's another one over there. Did anyone shoot these off yesterday, Pierre? No. Nobody in here. I wonder. Maybe you were around before we got back last night. But no, they, they, they could not. Without shooting King. King 
jumped Bill Cross just now for no reason. Bill had firecrackers in his pocket, remember? And Bill was with me yesterday when Bobby scared King with them. Jim, we're heading for Bill's cabin right now. Come on, King. I tell you, Sergeant, you stayed with Ned all night. You prove it. And you saw me at the hotel before that. I didn't see you all the time, Bill. Well, you ain't got nothing on me. You can search this cabin. There's no gold here. Hey, Preston! Yes? I can see that dog of yours out of the window here. He's acting awful funny. His hair's standing up on his back, and he keeps running back and forth towards the woods. They're probably my tracks. That dog's got something against me for some reason or other. Come on, we're going outside and find out. No, I'm afraid of him. He won't hurt you unless I tell him to. Come on. What's wrong, fella? There's tracks leading away from the cabin. King seems worried about them, and they aren't yours, Bill. Why, sure they are. He wants to follow them. I think I'm beginning to see what happened. You had someone helping you, someone King's known before. He sure wants to follow them. All right, Bill. I'm taking you to town and confining you until we trace these tracks. They lead west, toward the border. George had built himself a rude shelter of spruce boughs and fallen into an exhausted slumber after plodding through the snow weighed down with a heavy gold. He was awakened suddenly by a deep growl and opened his eyes to look into the snarling jaws of a huge dog a few inches from his throat. All right, you, get her. Don't try and reach for a gun or that dog will kill you. King, then you... That's Preston. Why, George Jameson. What are you doing out of prison? King and I put you there three months ago. Boy, I, uh, you yeah. remembered him too, didn't you, fella? So you're the one who helped Bill Cross steal that gold. So he squealed, did he? The dirty double-crosser. Oh, no. King just did a fine job of pointing both of you out to me. All right, fella. Got him. We're going back to 40 miles. And that is the challenge of the Yukon, December 29, 1945, New Year's Eve show. Hope you enjoy that. Let's take a break. Then it's more on Hollywood 360. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. Brought to you by Reader's Digest. All right, FBI in peace and war. They always got their man, the FBI. Oh, yeah. And uh, they were under the direction of J. Edgar Hoover. There was a radio series all about him called uh, the FBI in peace and war. And this episode is from September 14, 1950. It's called The Crack Up, and it stars Martin Blaine, part one of the FBI in peace and war. Transcribed. From New York, we bring you the FBI in Peace and War. Now another great story based on Frederick L. Collins' copyrighted book, The FBI in Peace and War. Drama, thrills, action. Tonight's story, The Crack-Up. Who's that? Stay where you are. Don't move or I'll shoot me, Joe Harry. Brought you a cup of coffee. Oh, you. Why didn't you say so? Why do you have to creep up on a guy like that? What time is it? 10.30, Joe. Want me to pull up the shades? Nice morning. Never mind the shades. Just give me the coffee. Here you are. All right, all right. I said give it to me. Your hands shaking. Nothing shaking. Give me the coffee. What are you standing there for? Beat it. Go on, get out of here. 
What's the matter with him? I don't know. He must have thought I was a cops or something. Uh-huh. Nicky was shaking like a leaf. He couldn't hardly hold a coffee cup. Yeah, I know. I don't like it. I never saw him like this before. You didn't look close. He was that way before we pulled this job. That's why we lost it up. Oh, no, Nick, I don't... That's why we lost up the job, I'm telling you. It was just bad luck. Bad luck, nothing. He was supposed to lay out a getaway, wasn't he? You thought he had it all fixed. Stella thought so. Charlie Lopez thought so. His memory's slipping, that's what. He doesn't think about anything but himself. Want to play a hand at Jim? No, thanks. I think I'll... You had that radio on two minutes ago. Let it alone. Well, I thought maybe... Will you stop jumping? You're getting as bad as him. I'm sorry. I only thought... Well, don't. Charlie and Stella will get here all right. It's been 48 hours, Nick. All right, all right. They got to lay low, that's all. The cops are watching all of these back roads. They'll turn up. All right. Sit down. Read the comics or something. I don't feel like reading. Nick, you think he'll snap out of this? No. But maybe if he laid off the bottle like he, he says... hasn't touched a drink in six months. He just tells you he's been drinking to cover up that shaker. Yeah, but maybe... He's slipping, Harry. I've been watching him a long time. His nerve is shot. He doesn't think straight anymore. Well, what... What are we going to do about it, Nick? I don't know. We'll wait till Charlie and Stella get here. Think we ought to call Doc Carson? A doc couldn't fix what Joe's got. Nobody could fix that. We'll wait till Charlie and Stella get here. Then we'll figure out what to do. Wall State Patrol's immediate... FBI requests continuation of search parties, wooded areas, vicinity of Hartsdale. Olaf Ma believes separated after abandonment of getaway car. Repeat description of four men, one woman as follows. Yeah, who is it? Open up, Harry. It's me and Stella. Harry, it's me, Charlie Lopez, Open Creek. Then what happened, Charlie? Well, after we see the state troopers car pull up in the yard, we dug out of the barn plenty fast. Want a drink, Stella? Yeah, I could use one. And? And after that, we stay in the woods all the time. Don't ask him how we got here. We don't know. No road map, nothing to eat. Every town loaded with state troopers. Believe me, this time yesterday, I figured us two very dead pigeons. If it hadn't been for Stella's got a bar of chocolate in her purse. Oh, Charlie. Oh, Stella. I see you two made it, all right. Yeah, we made it, Joe. No thanks to you. Harry, take Stella out in the kitchen, fix her some coffee. She looks kind of beat. Never mind the coffee. I'll drink this. That stuff's no good for you. Did you get rid of the uniforms like I told you, Charlie? No, I gave them to a couple of hungry cops. I'm asking an important question, Charlie. Who are you to ask anybody questions? You got to know the You got rid of the uniforms? Let go of me, Joe. I don't want trouble. Let go, Joe. Joe. Go on, answer him, Charlie. Yeah, we got rid of the uniforms. Okay. As soon as the heat dies down, I'll get in touch with Sid Gordon. We'll get out of this place. The way I figure... Maybe we, ought... we had enough of your kind of figuring, Joe. Charlie, lay off with no, you, no, Charlie. No, no, let him go ahead. Say your piece, Charlie. Pour the drink, will you, Nick? Say it, Charlie. Ah, forget it. I'm running this organization. I'm giving the orders. Nobody works with me. It's going to beat behind my back. That goes for all of you. All right, Charlie, speak up. I'm tired, Joe. 
I got to get a long sleep. Then we'll talk. All right. Anybody else got anything to say? Well, bring me what's left in that bottle, Harry. I feel my room. Hey, you see him? He was shaking all over. Yeah, we see him. It's getting worse, huh, Nick? Every day. You oughtn't to talk back to him, Charlie. It just stirs him up. It does, huh? Sure. You keep that up and someday... You... It comes to a showdown. It could. Okay. Maybe that's not a bad idea. Maybe we need a new kind of brains to get us out of here. Maybe a showdown is a very good idea. In a spot like this. K, State Police, Chief Palmer speaking. Chief, uh, Stevenson Kovac reporting in. We're calling from the Hartsdale Drugstore. A couple of kids down here just found three bank guards uniforms under a culvert on the Lime Hill Passway. Okay, Stevens, you and Kovac, come on in. Three uniforms, huh? Yeah. Now, come in right away. And good work, Stevens. This looks real hot. Come in, Stevens. Just want to ask you one more question on those bank guard uniforms. You've met Agent Shepard and Agent Bailey of the FBI. And... Oh, yes, sir. Hello, Mr. Shepard, Mr. Bailey. How's it going? Still knocking our brains out, Sergeant. Tough case, all right. You're telling us. Sergeant. Yeah, Chief? We've all looked over the uniforms, and we're sure they were the ones used in the holdup. What we want now is the exact spot they were found. Uh, you mark it for us on this map? Oh, yes, sir. Let's see. It's this spot here. And the river goes under the passway. Mm-hmm. Kids were playing around the bridge here, and they found the uniforms underneath. Okay, Stevens, that's all we wanted to know. Thanks a lot. Sure thing, Chief. I guess we'll be seeing you gentlemen around a while. We're afraid so, Sergeant. Well, I'll be in the squad room if you need me, Chief. Yeah. All right, Mr. Shepard. Here's your spot. Now, how do you want to move from here? Well, let's look at it this way, Chief. They abandoned their car at this point on Friday. Uh-huh. Now, as far as we know, they didn't commandeer another car. I think it's a safe guess that they split up at this point, since five of them would obviously be conspicuous. Yeah, that's right. Now we find the uniforms in this location 48 hours later. If our net hasn't any holes in it, they're still within this area here. All right. We've checked every restaurant, every bar, every hotel. We've checked grocery stores. If they're still out in the woods, they're pretty hungry by now. But if they're not in the woods, we might assume for the moment that they have a prearranged hideout somewhere in this 30-mile circle. If there were such a hideout, it might explain how... All right, let's take a break here on the FBI in Peace and War, September 14, 1950, The Crack-Up, starring Martin Blaine. This is heard on CBS. Uh, Clayton Bud Collier doing the announcing on that. Mike, Clayton Bud Collier played Superman on radio, and on television, he was the first host of Beat the Clock. Remember that show, Beat the Clock? I do not. You do not. We were talking a Batman trivia a little while ago. And when we come back, uh, are we going to do Gilligan's Island trivia or Batman trivia? We'll do the Gilligan stuff uh, All right. next. All right. Batman's going to be a little more involved because we're such Batman uh, I gave Mike experts. a Batman question. He is stumped. I nailed it. No, you're stumped. No. I asked him what villain was on Batman the most, and you said Penguin, right? I did say Penguin. No, it's not Penguin. It's not Penguin, it's not Joker, it's not Catwoman, and it's not uh, the Riddler. Or Egghead, you said. Or Egghead, Egghead. yeah. 
So uh, it's that's a tough one. It's a is tough it, one. I had Steve no Mar- idea. Is it a Steve Martin song? You're King very close. Tut. Yes, it is. It's King Tut. Way to go. King Tut. That's right. Who would have known that, though? I mean, Victor Buono. We'll was, talk about him. He's, yeah. he's, he's good. All right. Uh, we'll be back here on Hollywood 360 with the conclusion to the FBI and Peace and War. Stick around. Mike Stark and I will be right back. Lisa Wolf on vacation. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. Brought to you by Reader's Digest. Before we get back to the FBI and Peace and War, we're talking Batman trivia. And anything we can't answer, we could always uh, ask our announcer, the man himself, Adam West, who played Batman in the 1966 series, which is in its 50th year on television this year. So it's uh, 50 years it's been on the air. I don't think it's been ever off the air, Mike. Do you know that? Batman uh, series? I, I can catch you. It's on, uh, it's on a lot of the uh, local stations. They'll play it, like, on the weekends. Yeah. And I think MeTV carries me, it as me, well. Oh, yeah, MeTV, of course. Uh, so, got some more trivia. Well, we were talking about well, you Victor the, uh, Buono. Remember him? Yeah. Victor you, Buono. <laughs> and he was like some... some. He was a Shakespearean actor. Yeah, but, he, but on the show, he was like, um, he, he was like a scientist or something. He was an Ivy League professor, and he got right. knocked, knocked down the, on the head. head and became whack. He thought he was... Uh, the best... I'll tell you what, the best line... In my opinion, in the Batman series, was voiced by Victor Bono. Uh, uh, Bono. He was he was being arrested. Finally, you know, Batman caught him, and he was being taken away in handcuffs. And he says to Batman, uh, "Batman," he says, "I hope that you fall down a flight of stairs and knock out every tooth in your mouth except for one." And with that. Have a toothache for the rest of your life. <laughs> I mean, the writing on that show was. Just, I remember being a kid and rushing home from school because it was on Tuesdays and Thursdays for half an hour. Remember, there was always a cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. I used to rush home from school, turn on Batman, make myself a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, or my mom would, and then I would watch Batman, and then uh, couldn't wait to see how he got out of whatever if he was. And a giant clam, or oh, being now, roasted. Now who, now, who was the villain in that episode? The, giant, the giant clam. I don't remember. That was uh, that was the uh, the Joker. Okay, I got some some stuff we can work with here uh, relating to the show. We got only a couple of minutes. So. Milton Burrow played who? Oh, Milton Burrow. Gosh, he was uh, Lilac Louis the Lilac. Louis the Lilac, and he yeah. was in six episodes. Wow, that's a lot. Okay, how about Estelle Winwood? I don't know. She was a hundred years old, and she played Aunt Hilda. Remember with uh, um, the lady from uh, Adam's Family, Jones, oh, Jones yeah, yeah, was yeah. Uh, Cassidy. Marsha. Yeah, she was Marsha, Queen, Queen of Diamonds. Of Diamonds. Yeah, yes. yeah. And uh, Joey Tata, who was on Beverly Hills 90210, he was a goon in five episodes. Oh, yeah. And the former Cubs, Carolyn Jones here. Uh, Cliff Robertson, who did he play? Oh, yeah, Cliff Robertson. He was, he was Shane. Oh, shame, shame, shame. Come back, shame. shame. Remember the kid, yeah. like, come back, but he, but he was shame, not Shane. I said shame. Yeah, shame, shame. on you. Right. And and Robin was going to get run over by the uh, stampede of cattle. Gosh, remember? what a series. And then let's see, who else do we have here? Um, who did David Wayne play, Carl? Oh, David Wayne, Wayne he played, uh, oh, gosh. Give me a Mad Hatter? Yes. Oh, Mad correct. Hatter, okay. And Rudy Valley. Oh, Rudy Valley, yeah, yeah. He was like something with uh Mama Duke. He's from oh, Mama Duke, yes. Mama. Who was who was um 
Lady, oh God, Lady Roddy Bernard. McDowell. He played a part, right? Bookworm. Wasn't he? Yeah, he was Bookworm. Bookworm right. in the Bookmobile. Remember? Yeah, and then and then Jaja Gabor. What did she play? She played Jaja. Uh, yeah. Played Minerva. Oh, Minerva. And then Ida Lupino, Doctor Cassandra, right? Yes, Doctor Cassandra. And Vincent Price was uh, Egghead. Egghead. There was a there was a couple. Was there one more than one Egghead? Oh no, no. But there was three Mister Freezes. Yes, Carl. Who were they? Um, let me think. So there was three Mr. Freezes. We had uh, George Sanders. Otto Preminger. Otto Preminger. And you got the last one. Oh, yeah. Uh, Eli Wallach. Eli yeah. Wallach. Yes. All right. We'll get, we'll get back to some more trivia on Batman. And then we have some Gilligan's Island trivia coming up, too, right, Mike? Mm-hmm. All right. So uh, this is Hollywood 360. Mike Stark pitch hitting for Lisa Wolf, who's on vacation. She's in Florida. She's probably listening to the show. Hi, Lisa. Out Hi, there Lisa. in Florida. We miss right. you. Let's get back now to the FBI in Peace and War. Uh, here's the way I, I work it out on uh, on this map. This map. Uh, Sid Gorman comes up here with the funeral coach. Cops, cops never look inside a funeral coach. Uh, Charlie, where are you going? You better take five, Joe. You're not making much sense. Sit down, Charlie. Coming, Nick. Yeah. Relax a couple of minutes, Joe. You're knocking yourself out. Charlie. Yeah? You don't like my idea. Joe. That funeral coach routine was hot stuff back in 1929. Cops are smarter now. You got to do better than that, Joe. Much better. Come on. Go ahead, Joe. I'm listening. At last, that two-bit blowhard. I picked him out of the gut and taught him every trick he knows. Forget it, Joe. Here. I'll finish the map. Crummy little punk. As soon as we get to Kansas City, I'm going to have him straightened out for good. I got connections in Kansas Joe, City. Joe, we're not going to Kansas City. Huh? Kansas City was five years ago, remember? Who said anything about Kansas City? What I meant was... Uh, What's the matter, Joe? Uh, not, 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 not at all. I, I, I got a, a kind of neuralgia in my head. A couple of aspirins, I'll be all right. Well, here, let me see if no, I can... No, 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 don't, don't go for a minute, Joe. My head's going round. Give me your hands now, quick. Joe, let it Just let give me your hands, will you? I'll be all right. Still. Okay, Joe, okay, okay. Just a minute, just I'll be all right. Look, I'll, I'll no, get no, the, no, get... no, 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 it's clear enough. Just a second. Just a second, it'll go. Just a second, still. Well, the route, it's all... Doc, Doc says, he says nothing happens to lots of guys in my head. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm all right. Sure you are, Joe. But maybe I better just get there. He's still working on the map, Joe. Maybe I... Peter, hurry. I'm talking with Stella. Go on, Peter. Huh? Get out and talk with Stella. Yeah, 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 I'll call you. Stella. Yeah. Stella, I, I wouldn't want the rest of them to know about... About this neuralgia. Mm. See, they, they need me still. Mm. I, I wouldn't want them to get any wrong ideas, you know what I mean? Stella? Yes, Joe, yes, I know. Yeah, I they, know. they depend on me, Stella. If they thought... You don't have to explain it, Joe. I know exactly what you mean.
help. I wouldn't want the rest of them to know about, about this neuralgia. They, they need me, Stella. I, I wouldn't want them to get any wrong ideas. Well, that's what the man says he's got. I'll tell you what he's got. Want another drink, Nick? Yeah, a short one. A yellow streak, that's what. Right up the middle of his back. Soda? Mm-mm. You're crazy, Charlie. Just because the guy's a little sick, you... Sick? Was he sick on the Richfield job? How about that time in L.A.? He was sick then, too? Listen. He's through, Harry. Why kid yourself? You said baby would come to a showdown. I say this is the time. No. What? I mean... Well, you know what Joe's like. A thing like this, it could kill him. What's the matter with you, Harry? You going soft in the head? What'll it be? Him or the lot of us getting out of here with whole skin? Yeah, I know, but... What? You heard this plan. If we ever tried to leave this place in a funeral coach, we'd be needing one ourselves. And I say we settled this thing once and for all. Well, maybe Nick and Stella feel a little different about that. So maybe you better ask them and find out. Go on. Ask. Nick? Charlie's right, Harry. You can't argue. Of course you can't. Stella, what about you? Joe picked you up out of the I'm gutter and... I'm Charlie. Joe's through like he said. He's been through for a long time, kid, only he didn't know it. He's cracking up. We can't take a chance with him anymore. What's the matter now? Nothing. Harry! It's nothing, I tell you. Leave him alone, Charlie. Everyone says Joe's through, he's through. Just show us how we're going to get out of here, Charlie. Okay. Put up a chair, all of you. I'll show you how. Adam's groceries. Look, this is Chief Palmer. Hello, Chief. What can I do for you? Look, I just sent two FBI agents over to your store. I'll be there any minute. I want to talk to you about that hoard you reported out at the Wilson farm. Give me any help you can, will you? FBI, huh? Be glad to, Chief. Yes, sir. Be real glad. Well, we're very grateful to you, Mr. Adams. Not at all, son. Why, when Chief Palmer told me you was from the FBI, said I'd help him. Be glad to do it. Uh, you fellas hungry, maybe? Got some ripe store cheese here. Ah, uh, no, right. thanks, Mr. Adams. We'd just like to ask you one or two questions about that report of yours on the Wilson farm. Well, yeah, you can go right ahead and ask. I'll tell you, I had plenty of experiences with this sort of thing eight years ago. Folks used to come here to the store, buy up everything in sight. So naturally, when the same thing began to happen again last couple of weeks, I put two and two together. And you know what I figured the answer to be? Mr. Adams. Hoarding. Yes, sir, that's what I figured. Everybody knows there's only one person living out the Wilson farm. Why should I get orders that'd feed five or six? Well, I'll uh, tell you why. Holding, holding it is, and uh, holding is what I reported to the chief. <laughs> Though uh, I do say I never expected such quick results out of Washington. This uh, hoarding, Mister Adams, that's what we want to ask you about. Well, go right ahead and ask. I tell you, if it's left up to Mr. me, Mister Adams, huh? We don't believe that it's hoarding, Mister Adams. It, you don't, my son. Uh, how long you been with the FBI? Twelve years. Twelve years. One person out the farm, enough orders to feed five or six scarce items, butter, sugar, coffee. Well, that hoarding or ain't it? We don't believe so. <laughs> oh, by golly, 
I'm glad we got law and order of our own around here. Uh, Mr. Adams. Uh-huh? We believe it's the Joe Norton gang. The, the Norton gang? The boys that held up the First National Bank. Oh, them. <laughs> you fellas sure like to take a shot in the dark, don't you? Sometimes. How do we get out there, Mr. Adams? The Wilson place? Uh-huh. Be glad to tell you. But uh, all you're going to find there is one little hoarder. Maybe, but we'll go anyhow. As you say, we fellas like to take a shot in the dark. Okay, Harry, let's take a look at that target, huh? Joe, listen. My hand was steady, wasn't it? Didn't shake, did it? Look at that. Look at it. Three of them, right through the middle. Is that shooting? Joe. Steady as a rock, that's what. I'm just as good as I ever was. Joe, huh? will you, for the love of Mike, stop talking and listen? Huh? Oh, sure, sure, Harry, I'm listening. Joe, it's about Charlie Lopez. Any others got together last Lopez, night? Lopez, I taught him every trick he knows. Joe! What? What, Harry? I want you to listen to me, Joe. I want you to listen careful. Yeah, yeah, I'm listening, Harry. They're going to leave you here, Joe. Charlie Lopez and the others. That Lopez. Now, I'm going to have him straightened out as soon as we get to Kansas. Joe, you're not getting any place. Don't you understand? They're going to leave you. What? What's that? I had to tell you, Joe. I just had to. Leave me? Who's going to leave me? You're lying. No, no, Joe. Yeah, nobody's leaving me unless I say so. Nobody. It's the truth, Joe. I swear I wish it wasn't. You're lying. You're trying to trick me. They sent you up here. Joe. Ah. Oh, what's the matter? Nothing, nothing, nothing. You're sick, Joe. It's nothing. I tell you. Get out of here. Leave me alone. Oh, what are you standing here for? Get out, Joe. Get out! Harry, Harry. Yeah? Don't, don't go, Harry. Sure, Joe. This neuralgia is killing me, Harry. I know. You're a good friend. I always knew it. Go upstairs. Try to get some rest, Joe. Sleep a little. No, no, Harry, listen. Yeah. Harry. Harry, what are they going to do to me? They're going to get rid of me, aren't they? That, that Lopez, he hates me. No, that Joe. That fella, too, and after all I've been to her. Joe. You won't let them know, will you? Not you, Harry. You, you're, you're my friend. Joe, they're not going to do anything. Believing you here, that's all. With your share of the split. Nobody's leaving me, Harry. Not alive, they're not. What? Nobody is. I'm the brains of this outfit. Nobody walks out on Big Joe. Stop talking that way. I mean it, Harry. You see if I do it. Anybody wants to walk out, they can try it. I'll let him leave, Harry. I'll let him leave with a belly full of holes. You'll see if I don't. Hello, Shep. Hello, Frank. Anybody try to leave the house yet? Not yet. Your men already? Uh-huh. Place is covered from every angle. What about Chief Palmer? Picked him up on the radio phone. He should be here any minute. Good. We'll wait. And when he gets here? I don't know yet, Frank. We could answer that a lot better if we only knew what was going on inside that house. Okay, I'll... I'll say it the last time so everybody gets us straight. As soon as it's dark, Nick gets out of the car and drives over to Nate Weaver's. At Nate's, he arranges for the false bottom truck. Nate can drive it himself. He's clean. 
Soon as the truck back here, we pile in the bottom, and all Nate has to do is to cross the state line. Everybody got that straight? Yeah, I got yeah. it. Yeah, okay. Harry, you got it? Yeah, Charlie, I got it. Okay. Soon as it's dark, we get started. Stella, go on up, bring Joe down here. We all want to say goodbye. And here's your share of the split, Joe. Spread it careful. It should last you. Anything I left out? Nothing, Charlie, except maybe so long. Yeah. Bye, Joe. Uh, anything else? Okay. Stella, get Harry. Tell him we're ready. You stay here, Stella. Huh? Stay huh? here. Charlie... You know what you can do with this split? Keep away from me, Joe. I'll tell you, Charlie. Here's what you can do. Joe. I'm running this organization. I'm giving the orders. You got that? Me, Joe Norton. Take your hands off me, Joe. I told you I don't want trouble. Nobody walks out on me. That goes for all of you. Take your hands off me. Joe. I'm warning you. Lay one finger on me again and I'm going to kill you. What? I mean it, Joe. Hey. Hey, Charlie, come off it. What's the idea of talking that way? I'm warning you, that's all. Nick, you're going to let him talk that way. Nick? Stella? Oh, what's the matter with you two? You're through, Joe. We don't want any part of you. Nick? Nicky, boy. Dry up, Joe. Charlie, take me with you. No. Let me go with you, Charlie. The cops will get me sure if I stay around here. I'm sick, Charlie. Charlie, you got to take me with you. We're wasting time, Charlie. But you've got to, you, you can't leave me here. Why not? You know how to take care of yourself. You told us so often enough. All right. All right, go. All of you, go on. See how far you get with Lopez, Charlie. Go on, go. He'll have you six feet under and nothing flat. Joe, Charlie, you keep out of this, Harry. The cops are outside, Joe. What? Cops, cops, they're crawling all over the place. Harry, if this is a joke. I'm telling you, Charlie, go see for yourself. Uh, Charlie. They're out there, all right. Oh, no. All squad is a baby boy. What do we do, Charlie? I don't know. Let me see. We gotta get out of here. I said, let me see. Sure, let him. Let him use that two-bit brain. Shut up. What's there to think about? Yeah, we'll shoot our way out. Charlie. We don't need a thinker now. We need a leader, right? Stuff someone would Joe Norton. Huh? What? All of you in there. The house is entirely surrounded. This is an FBI agent speaking. FBI? I told you, Charlie. Shut up. You have exactly one minute before we open fire. Come out with your hands up. Charlie. What do we do? He'll tell you. Blowhard will tell you. Just let him think. Shut up. Shut One up. minute, all of you. Charlie. What do we do? What can we do? They got us coming and going. What? We're going out, Charlie? You got any better ideas? Why, you yellow punk, you bet we have. We're going to shoot our way out. Please, you. when a few lousy cops scare the Norton gang, we'll shoot our way out. That's what we're going to do. We get it, Joe. That's the FBI out we there. We can do it. We can do it. Huh, Nick? No cop's going to stop us. No, Joe. Nobody can stop us. We'll show him. That'll be like old times. Stella, you take that window. Nick, the door. Stop him, Charlie. I'll get you out of this. Don't you worry me. Joe Norton. Come on. Come on, everybody. Take your post. Harry, Charlie, remember how it was in Little Rock? Stella, remember? We'll do it again. I'll fix it. I'll fix you seconds, up. Norton. You keep quiet. I kept the orders around here. Come on, come on. Stay where you are, Joe. What? Don't move, Joe. 
Don't move or I'll drop you, so help me. What? Well, we gotta get to him, Charlie. Hey, we can take him. Come on, we can... Charlie! Charlie! All of you, this is your last warning. Are you coming up? Surrender of the Joan Norton gang put an end to one of the most daring holdup mobs in the FBI files. On recovery from the gunshot wound inflicted by Charlie Lopez, Norton was placed in a mental hospital suffering a complete breakdown. Lopez and the other members of the gang stood trial and were sentenced to long terms in prison. With the individual disposition of their cases, the books were closed on a getaway that failed because of the crack up. transcribed program are fictitious. Any similarity to persons living or dead is purely coincidental. This program is based on Frederick L. Collins' copyrighted book, The FBI in Peace and War, and is not an official program of the FBI. In tonight's story, Larry Haynes played the part of Joe Norton. Joe DeSantis was Charlie Lopez. The radio dramatizations for the FBI in Peace and War were written by Louis Pelletier and Jack Fink, with music under the supervision of Vladimir Selinsky. These programs are produced and directed by Betty Mandeville. And now this is Len Sterling saying goodnight for Lava Soap. That's L-A-V-A. Again, we want to remind you to be sure to listen to next Thursday's story, The One-Way Ticket on the FBI in Peace and War. Same time, same station. This program is transcribed. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. That's the FBI in Peace and War, September 14, 1950, The Crack Up, starring Martin Blaine and a great cast in this, as heard on CBS. Let's take a break. Then it's more with Mike Stark and Carl Amari, the Hollywood 360 Radio Network. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari, brought to you by Reader's Digest. All right, when we come back, we're going to tune in to X-1, rocketing off into the future with a great episode, but prior to that, Sarah Adamson, our national movie critic, will be here to talk about two films that recently released, Joy, and also A Very Murray Christmas, which is on Netflix. And, uh, Mike, you have some Batman trivia for us? I got some more tidbits. I'm digging this country music. All right. Did you, did you know that Alan Hale Jr., the skipper, appeared on Batman? No. In one episode, uncredited, in 1967, as Gilligan. Why he was Gilligan, I don't know. All right, we'll be right back. <laughs> 